Welcome to TSX Quarterly, the podcast that brings you publicly available earnings calls from companies listed on the Toronto Stock Exchange in one convenient location. Gone are the days of looking through confusing websites. You'll find the important information right here. Enjoy the call. Good day and thank you for standing by. Welcome to the Caliber Mining Corp 2021 Q4 and full year earnings results and conference call. At this time, all participants are in a listen-only mode. After the speaker's presentation, there will be a question and answer session. To ask a question during this session, you will need to press star 1 on your telephone. And if you require any further assistance, please press star 0. And now, it is my pleasure to hand the conference over to your first speaker today, Ryan King, Senior Vice President, Corporate Development and IR. Thank you. Please go ahead. Thank you, Operator, and good morning, everyone. Thank you for taking the time to join the call this morning. Before we get started, I'd like to direct everyone to the forward-looking statements on slide two. Our remarks and answers to your questions today may contain forward-looking information about the company's future performance. Although management believes that our forward-looking statements are based on fair and reasonable assumptions, actual results may turn out to be different from these forward-looking statements. For a complete discussion of the risks, uncertainties, and factors which may lead to actual operating and financial results being different from the estimates contained in our forward-looking statements, please refer to our 2021 annual MDNA and 2020 AIF available on our website as well as on CDAR. And finally, all figures are in U.S. dollars unless otherwise stated. Present today with me on the call are Darren Hall, President and Chief Executive Officer, David Splett, Senior Vice President and Chief Financial Officer, and Tom Gallo, Senior Vice President, Growth. We will be providing comments on our full year and fourth quarter results, exploration programs, and our, and our outlook for 2022, after which we'll be happy to take questions. The slide deck we will be referencing is available on our website at calibermining.com under the events section. You can also click on the webcast to join the live presentation. And with that, I'll turn the call over to Darren. Thanks, Ryan. Uh, turning to slide three. Uh, good morning, everyone, and thank you for taking the time to join us in our Q4 and full year earnings call. I'd like to start by thanking all of our employees and business partners for their continued focus, which has resulted in another great year for the company, which pleasingly was led with a 22% reduction in our lost time injury frequency rate. I just want to take a moment and go through some history. You know, I'm extremely proud of what the team has accomplished in the, in the two years since acquiring the Nicaragua assets. We've realized significant value from our revised operating strategy allowing the company to utilize a portion of the 2.2 million tonne per annum Libertad mill to grow production. It is important to note that when we purchased the assets, Libertad had been foreshadowed to go into closure in 2020 due to a lack of feed, and it is now producing 120,000 ounces per year. We have consistently delivered on our commitments quarter over quarter. We have generated strong operating cash flow, which has allowed reinvestment into mine development and near mine exploration growing production, and importantly, adding a million ounces to reserves, which establishes a solid base from which to organically grow. 
with reliable production supported by five years of reserves, our exploration emphasis now shifts to new target and district scale discovery drilling as we look to reload the project pipeline for future resource growth. A good example of which is the emerging opportunity of the recently discovered Volcan deposit located about five kilometres from the Libertad Mill, which we'll be advancing this year as part of our 85 kilometre exploration program, which Tom will elaborate on shortly. Looking beyond this year, advancing the high-grade mines at Pavon Central on eastern Barossi will fuel grade-driven increases in gold production, lowering unit costs and increasing cash flows in 2023 and 2024. Our demonstrated performance in Nicaragua has allowed Calibre the opportunity to grow and diversify with the Fiori acquisition in Nevada. The team in Nevada has done a commendable job in establishing PAN as a reliable producer, generating operating cash flow for which they have prudently reinvested into the business. Ironically, this is where the opportunity exists. PAN, as a 40,000 ounce per year producer, has been able to sustain the operation but could not generate the levels of cash required to explore, grow and ultimately realise the full potential of the Nevada assets. Within the highly prospective and underexplored land package, the exploration team sees excellent potential for mine life extension at PAN and resource growth at Gold Rock, which is reflected in our Nevadan exploration budget of 85,000 metres, which represents approximately a five-fold increase over the average level of investment over the last four years. Given the company's strong consolidated operating cash flow and clean balance sheet, we can reinvest into exploration and development which I expect will lead to mine life extensions at PAN and the potential to increase annual production with the development of Gold Rock. I'm pleased to introduce David Splett, our Senior Vice President and CFO, who comes to Calibre with 30 years of experience and a track record of success in both C-suite and operational roles. David's extensive Latin American experience, including CFO Latin America at Gold Corp, CFO at Monero Panama, and CFO at Antamina, is a valuable addition to the executive team. Although David has only been with Calibre for three months, his contributions are having a positive impact and I'm confident he will add significant value to our business as we continue to grow. I'll now turn it over to David to discuss our 2021 results and financial outlook. Thanks, Darren. Turning to slide four, it's been a busy and transformational time for the company over the past few months. We're well advanced in our integration of the new Nevada assets. We have now completed a 2022 Nevada and Consolidated budget, and we've established teams, structures, and controls to lead the finances of Caliber to its next phase of growth. I'll quickly go over 2021. We ended the year exceeding production guidance, selling 183,242 ounces of gold, at an average realized price of $1,791 per ounce, which generated $105 million in cash from operations. Strong cash flows funded our investment into exploration and growth while growing our cash balance, thereby placing the company's balance sheet in the strongest position it's ever been, remaining debt-free and unhedged. Our forecasted cash margin will continue to be very strong in 2022, and this will be backed up with higher grades and growing reserves, which will drive future produ production growth. We have progressive investment plans for both Nicaragua and Nevada, funded by strong cash flows, 
while our operating teams are focused on executing the 2022 plan and implementing cost containment opportunities. Total cash costs in 2022 are forecast to be slightly higher than 2021 as we bring the Nevada assets into our portfolio and a result of inflation that took hold in the second half of 2001, particularly related to fuel, steel, and chemicals. While prices had stabilized, or they were slightly down after the impact of the 2021 inflation, it's now being forecast across 2022. However, we see opportunities to mitigate the impact of the inflation, and we've begun work on those initiatives, which include leveraging our purchasing power to our new Nevada assets, contract management initiatives, and cost review meetings. On the capital expenditure side, we continue to see significant growth opportunities in 2022, as Darren and Tom will discuss. Our capital budget reflects management's conviction that our exploration and mine development activities will unlock significant value for our shareholders. I'll now hand the call back over to Darren. Thanks, David. Moving to slide five. This slide clearly demonstrates the success of our reinvestment into mine development and near mine exploration in Nicaragua over the last two years. We've added more than a million ounces to reserves, net of production depletion since the end of, end of 2019, which is a remarkable result and a credit to the entire team. Encouragingly, not only is this the largest reserve on record, but it is also the highest grade, which bodes well for future profitability. Limon and Libertad have produced in excess of 5.5 million ounces, which combined with the current 2.7 million ounce resource highlights the prolific nature of these assets and provides context to the significant geological setting and discovery potential across our larger, underexplored 2,000 square kilometres of mineral concessions. I'll now pass it over to Tom to discuss our resource expansion and discovery programs in Nicaragua. Thanks, Darren. Moving over to slide number six. As I've said before and discussed with a number of investors recently, I left the sell side as a mining analyst covering the junior gold space and joined Caliber because I believed in the considerable geologic potential of Nicaragua. Having spent some time in country, I am impressed with the team's focus over the past two years in converting resources to reserves, but I'm extremely encouraged by the untapped resource growth potential on our concessions. Since acquiring the Nicaraguan assets in 2019, Caliber has reinvested into the business as evidenced by significant reserve growth discovery of new deposits, and identification of new targets, all of which position us to grow production. Exploration activities for the full year 2021 exceeded 100,000 meters of diamond drilling with 15 rigs in operation. As Darren foreshadowed, focus in Nicaragua, in Nicaragua has been on solidifying the reserve base with the majority of drilling targeting near mine and infill areas, which has led to the 1 million ounce reserve base we've mentioned. Looking forward to 2022, our exploration program will rebalance, if you will, with a majority focus directed towards generative discovery and emerging resources. We look to targets like Vulcan, Tranca, and Pantheon Shaft 9 as emergent new discoveries which could lead to future resource growth and eventually contribute to a growing production profile. Early stage work is also underway via airborne geophysics, ground mapping and sampling at some of our most compelling district-scale targets, such as Buena Vista and La Fortuna, where we will look to commence drilling in the back half of this year. I'll now hand the call back over to Darren to introduce Nevada. 
Thanks, Tom. Moving to slide seven. As I mentioned earlier, the operating team in Nevada has demonstrated their ability to deliver in a cash-constrained environment. Recognising the impact that limited capital has had on the ability to explore, grow and therefore realise the full potential of the Nevada assets is fundamental to the opportunity we see in Nevada. We see excellent potential for mine life extension at PAN, resource growth at Gold Rock and opportunities for further optimisation at the existing operations. As foreshadowed, we will accelerate exploration programs at both projects whilst concurrently progressing technical and state permitting at Gold Rock, which is a good segue to pass to Tom to discuss in a little more detail our Nevada exploration plans. Yeah, thanks, Darren. Just turning over to slide number eight. So the PAN mine provides strong exploration potential across its land package, and annual spend at PAN over the past four years has averaged around a million to a million and a half dollars. We're in the process now of executing closer to a $10 million budget, focusing on areas that will help bolster confidence while at the same time maintaining reserves. We see the opportunity to add more resources at Dynamite, for example, an emerging high-priority target located between the north and south pits at Pan. We are also excited about what we are seeing off the south end of our resource base. Further, we are stepping out, drilling areas with no resources like Mustang, Limestone Canyon, and South Extension. So just a few points on this slide because it's, uh, it's a bit technical, but the red circles are our planned drill holes, which will help us build confidence and add some of that low-hanging fruit resource base. And those gray circles represent that generative type target uh, and haven't been meaningfully drilled in the past, but they do provide us an opportunity to make some of those new discoveries. I'd like to turn over to slide nine and have a look at Gold Rock. The Gold Rock project gives us considerable upside potential and based on what we know, could allow us the opportunity to double Nevada production. Like at PAN, the assets have seen selective exploration recently. Leveraging our strong balance sheet reinforced by strong operating cash flow, we have the financial flexibility to advance both infill and step out drilling at Gold Rock, working toward potentially bringing Gold Rock into production. Looking into 2022, we plan to fully assess the scope and scale of this federally permitted development stage project, carrying out geotechnical and additional metallurgical drilling and studies, all key components to understanding how the project will be advanced. We have a 35,000 meter multi-rig program active on site. And with that, I'll hand the call back to Darren to conclude the presentation. Thanks, Tom. Uh, turning to slide 10, 2022 will be another production growth year for Caliber, driven by higher grades in Nicaragua, and the addition of PAN in Nevada. Investment in Nicaragua focuses on advancing our La Tigra, Pavon Central and Eastern Barossi mines. Land acquisition and continued investment into exploration, all of which will position the company for further production growth in 2023. In Nevada, investment at PAN includes catching up on waste stripping and a significant increase in exploration spend, as Tom had foreshadowed, all of which will position the company to quantify PAN's longer-term potential and to make data-driven decisions to reduce costs and further optimise the assets. Additionally, we will invest in resource growth at Gold Rock whilst concurrently progressing technical and regulatory work. Moving to slide 11. As we have demonstrated over the last two years, we will continue operating responsibly, delivering on our commitments and executing on our growth plans. With a clean balance sheet, continued strong cash flow from operations, we'll be able to self-fund our growth strategy throughout the Americas 
which will result in significant value creation for our shareholders. With that, we're happy to take questions, and back to you, Operator. Thank you, sir. We will now begin the question and answer session. As a reminder to all participants, if you would like to ask a question, please press star 1 on your phone. Again, press star 1 on your telephone keypad. Please stand by while we compile the Q&A roster. Once again, ladies and gentlemen, if you have a question, please press star 1 now. Your first question is from the line of Jordy Mark with Haywood Securities. Your line is open. Yeah, g'day. G'day all. Um, thanks for the call and congratulations on closing the, the transaction there. I think it's, it's, a, it's a great transaction to move you ahead and create uh, opportunities to deploy capital into underexplored areas. Um, yeah, in, in, in that vogue, um, Maybe I missed it there. Uh, with the 50,000 meters coming into into Pan, um, can you expand it more into into you know, short-term goals to to look for resource versus reserve expansion? Um, and maybe part two, um, given where we're seeing oil today uh, and gold price, I guess, um, can you give us an idea of uh, leverage around cost structure for to an exposure to costs on on haulage for fuel um, in uh, for Libertad. Thanks. Yeah, hey Jordy, it's uh, Tom Gallo here. Thanks for the question. I'll maybe answer the first part and then hand it off to probably David to uh, talk about the second part. But just when it comes to Pan, you're right about 50,000 meters, and and really, you know the the resource expansion and and let's call it conversion of some of the the near term targets is going to come at North Pit and South Pit, um, you know, some of the expansion to the resource will come by way of dynamite, uh, particularly right now. Uh, and as I sort of alluded to, some of those new targets or, or, or targets we've talked about in the past but but haven't uh, put resources that would be Mustang would be sort of our most immediate um, kind of highest priority target that, that has yet to see uh, a resource statement. We're working towards drilling that area, so we'll get that up to resource statement. But then, you know, proximal to the operation, Jordy, you look at that map on slide eight, Limestone Canyon's another area, high geochem anomalies, never been drilled, uh, and, and with with it being so close, it's, it's quite easy to kind of get out there and, and pop some drill holes onto it. So, you know, we're looking to uh, play a little bit of catch-up, as we've kind of alluded to here, um, reinvest in this business and, and really uh, get Give, give it the exploration program that uh, that we think it deserves, but that's kind of the, the scope of our uh, of what we're looking to do. Does that answer your question? Yeah, Jordy, um, let me maybe pick up on the on the fuel one here in terms of uh, haulage and transport. You know, if we think about you know Limon. And uh, the Pavon haulage, you know, you know, roughly speaking, you know, fuel represents about one third of the total cost. So if we go kind of outrageous and say, hey, let's let's anticipate a 25% increase in fuel costs, um, you know, what would that manifest in terms of an increase in in overall costs? So if we talk about, you know, uh, 365,000 tons being hauled from both locations into the mill, that would translate to a roughly about a $2 million increase overall. So on a midpoint of guidance, 185,000 ounces, that equates to you know, about $10 an ounce. 
So, you know, if we talk about, you know, a significant increase in fuel prices, that's the exposure. So, you know, again, it's not a, it's not a significant exposure in the bigger scheme of things. And uh, I think that probably addresses your question on, on fuel as it relates to highway haulage, doesn't it? Yeah, mate. That's great. Thanks. Yep. Yeah, cool. Your next question is from the line of Justin Stevens with Pi Financial. Your line is open. Hey guys. Um, yeah, congrats on uh, you know, the wrapping up a, a good year. I mean, it's nice to see you know obviously beating guidance. Uh, but I think you know 2022 should be a pretty good year ahead. Um, only real question I think for me is, is just on Pan. I mean, can you give a bit more color in terms of what sort of uh, constraining the asset right now. I mean, I mean, you, you're saying you're going to have to do some catching up on some stripping, um, but what's the sort of run rate you think you could get to from a production perspective uh, if that wasn't the issue? Yeah, Justin, and uh, thanks for coming on the call today. Um, you know, if, if we think about catching up on waste stripping, you know, what we what we have seen historically is, you know. Fury were financially limited, so they needed to make choices on where they invested their capital. And we see an opportunity during this year to increase waste stripping by about a million and a half tonnes over what was mined in 2021, which will position us well for 2023 and beyond. So you know, if, if we look at, at kind of the average sort of run weight we'd see at PAN, is there an opportunity to increase? I think there could be, and we'll work through that as we develop this year, and that'll come through... You know, optimization of mining rates, you know, looking at, uh, at opportunities to increase uh, crusher throughput from the 14 currently to the 17,000 tonnes per day permitted, you know, look at the opportunity and select parts of the pad for amenable ore to go run a mine, right, so there's those, those smaller scale opportunities, but I think that, which again would be very accretive in the scope of what PAN is, but I think the opportunity here is really about the extensions to life. And if we start looking at the extensions to life of PAM, what allows us to do in saying, if we can get out of this mindset where, oh, you know, it's two to three years and say, okay, we're comfortable that it's, you know, three to five years, then we can start to say, hey, let's look at secondary stage crushing. Let's look at conveyor stacking onto the pad, which would improve leach kinetics, recoveries, you know, potentially look at, uh, at self-performing rather than contract mining, right? which would all have a positive impact in terms of all and sustaining costs. And we'll be able to make those investments to optimise once we have a, a level of confidence in what the future can look like. And, you know, Fiori were confident in the assets but didn't have enough track in front of the train to make those investment decisions. So I think that's really where the, you know, the more needle-moving opportunity comes from at PAN. It's about extending the life, being comfortable in it, and then making those capital investment decisions that would make, you know, whether the production's, you know, 43,000 ounces or 45 or 48,000 ounces a year, make those ounces at a lower cost. I think that's the opportunity. Right, and I think, yeah, that makes a lot of sense in terms of setting up yourself for success by, I think, you know, defining what, what you think the, the longer-term potential is for the asset and then right-sizing any sort of, uh, you know, choosing where to spend your capital then to affect, you know, uh, improvements not on, not only on the longer-term stuff but also on the near-term stuff. Yeah, absolutely. And as you know, and as Paul and Tom execute the uh, the drilling programs in Nevada, and when we start to see the indications, you know, of 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 expansions to the existing pit with you know 
with inside the fence and then inside the permit boundaries, then we can make decisions about when would that come in. We don't need to convert them all into reserves to be able to get confident that we can make the investment decisions vis-a-vis -vis capital for a secondary crushing or those sorts of things because we would fund it out of cash flow, right? So it puts us in the position exactly, where you yeah, don't they're... have to run it through all the deal. You can be very, you can be very agile in your investment decisions once you have, um, you know, kind of an understanding of what things look like. And that's really what, you know, 2022 is about. Is, is developing that. And if we see opportunity and it comes to bear uh, sooner, then we'll execute on those opportunities. So it won't be, okay, let's roll through 2022, get to the end, and then say, okay, now where are we at? You know, we'll do as we have done in Nicaragua. Whereas we see opportunities, we'll be agile, we'll seize those opportunities, and we'll implement into our program. And we have the wherewithal to do it. Um, so, yeah, no, it's going to be exciting times, I think, in Nevada. And the, and the, and the team in Nevada, are, uh, you know, are pumped by the opportunity because, you know, all the things that we're talking about are things that they've actually presented to us, right? They've had them on their radar. They just, uh, you know, mum and dad didn't have the money to be able to afford to be able to invest in the property. So, uh, so again, giving, giving these assets uh, a new lease of life, if you will, is, uh, you know, we'll, we'll show dividends pretty quickly. Yeah, and I guess just on that, just to, to so that um, um, I'm thinking about this the right way, I guess the base case then will be the next update uh, will be for the year-end 2022 uh, reserve and resource update. Um, you're not necessarily planning to do uh, sort of a, an updated, um, you know, sort of study or analysis maybe year, uh, unless something were to, to, you know, really sort of, like you say, move the needle. Yeah, no, I, I think from a model update, you know, we'll do continual model updates during the year to be able to support the planning process. But from a, you know, from a resource reserve declaration perspective, unless it's something that's material for the consolidated company, is is that I think we'll just get into the routine of doing the end of year updates uh, would be as I'd see it. But again, if something's really sexy and amazing to get out there, then uh, then obviously, um, you know, we'll get it in front of everyone. Yeah. Great. All right. Sounds good. Looking forward to uh, seeing the, the results through 2022. Yeah, thanks, Justin. Appreciate your support, buddy. Once again, ladies and gentlemen, if you have a question, please press star 1 now. Again, it's star 1 on your telephone keypad. Your next question is from the line of Michael Ferdaren with Canaccord. The line is open. Hi, everyone, and uh, congrats on a, a solid end to 2021. Just one question for me around the new cash cost and ASIC guidance in Nevada. You know, understand that uh, it's higher this year because of uh, additional stripping, but uh, you know, it seems to be a, a fair big uh, step up from what the PAN mine was doing pre-acquisition. So I'm just wondering if you can give any more context around anything else that might be driving up cash costs this year, or if it's really all related to that uh, additional stripping. And in addition, if you can give any soft guidance about what uh, you know, a long-term uh, cash cost and ASIC run rate might be for the mine. You know, is there any possibility that uh, it gets back down to where it was pre-acquisition, or are we, uh, you know, should we expect kind of increased costs going forward uh, because of the inflationary environment? Well, yeah, thanks, Michael. And uh, I guess there's two parts to that question, and there's, there's, uh, there's a transition from from what was and is publicly disclosed to where we're at today. And maybe what I'll do is, is that, you know, David, would you like to, you know, talk through that transition and what we've seen as we've gone through, um, you know, uh, 2021 into 2022 budgeting? Right, Darren, thank you very much. 
really, as we've gone through the books of Fiore over the last few months, uh, one of the things we determined is as we looked at the operating history of Fiore, you know, just as Darren said, there was resource allocation decisions. So, you know, they were lean on capital, some of the sustaining capital that was required, and some of the stripping was deferred. So, you know, when you saw the last financial numbers that came out of Fiore, I think they were June of last year, you know, there's, uh, there was uh, uh, some work that needed to go back into the pan mine. So just as Darren has said, you know, we've, we are going to be reallocating capital into the pan mine, and the cash cost has stepped up because it is a reflection that we are catching up to set the mine up for multi-year success. The other element, when you start asking the question about the long-term cash cost in ASIC, it's somewhat dependent on the work we're doing right now today in the drilling space that Tom is leading in terms of getting a much better appreciation of the resource and what kind of life we have near and around the mine. And we have to build that model now and going forward. And as Darren said, as we get into a regular rhythm in terms of the planning and understanding the resource, we'll have a much better feel for it. But for now, we're very comfortable with the cash cost through 2022 and into early 2023, what's currently been presented. And as we get the new resource model, then we'll be in a better position to provide a longer-term guidance on cash cost and ASIC. So maybe just one follow-up on yeah. that. Um, when you talk about having to catch up on uh, on capitalization uh, and how PAN had been undercapitalized in the past. Do you have a, a time frame on that at this point? Is this, um, you know, are you thinking that you can reinvest uh, a little bit heavier in 2022 and then the mine should be set up better for success going forward? Or, you know, are these more recurring payments that will have to be made to make sure that the, uh, the PAN mine can operate optimally? Yeah, Michael, I think this is a, the, it's a layered question as well, right? If we talk about, you know, waste stripping, you know, we see an opportunity to move those additional tons this year, which flows straight through to all in sustaining costs. So it's kind of a one-off, right? Um, you know, if we look at the opportunity for investment, we're really talking about the investment from a drill bit perspective. So in terms of what does that lead us to in terms of, you know, expansions and rates of development at Gold Rock and size, yeah, that's what we'll address this year. Is there a legacy debt that we have to pay back from an investment perspective in terms of, you know, quintessentially what you think of as sustaining capital? No, it's not. This is really about the opportunity to invest to understand what scope and scale is going forward. So it's not a situation where, you know, We've, we've, uh, it's a turnaround situation from an asset perspective. It's really about waste stripping in 2022 uh, to rebalance things to what would be more logical for a longer term, investing in the drill bit to understand scope and scale and where that expansion can be. And then that may lead to additional capital, but it will lead to a capital that's very accretive from a, a payback perspective in terms of reducing oil and sustaining costs, like I mentioned, the secondary crushing or leach stacking or you know, those sorts of things. So so this isn't a, a kind of a, a wave that gets pushed forward as catch up. Anything that gets that would be future looking post twenty twenty two is because it makes sense in terms of life extensions or it has a direct impact on reducing that all and sustaining cost. Okay, that's very Does helpful. That make sense? Thank you. And yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And congrats again on a good yeah, point. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Cheers buddy, thank you.
Once again, ladies and gentlemen, if you have a question, please press star 1 now. Again, it's star 1 on your telephone to that. As there are no additional questions at this time, I'll hand the conference back to Mr. Darren Holt for closing remarks. Uh, thanks, Operator. And, uh, yeah, first of all, I'd just like to thank everyone uh, for taking the time uh, to participate on the call today. We know it's a very busy time of the year. There's a bunch of bunch of news out there, so we understand that, uh, that the investment community is very busy, so appreciate the time as always. And uh, I'd also like to thank all, all of our shareholders and investors for their continued support. And as always, Ryan and I and the entire leadership team are available if you have any questions uh, as we get out, as we get news in front of are there any questions, please don't let them go un, unanswered. Reach out to us and we'll do our very best to be able to get out and, uh, and address those questions. So with that, I'd like to wish everyone all the very best and uh, take care and uh, back to the operator. Thank you, sir. Ladies and gentlemen, this concludes today's conference call. Thank you for joining. You may now disconnect. Stay safe and well. Have a great day. Thank you for listening to TSX Quarterly. If you enjoyed the cast, remember to leave a good rating. And remember, for any additional inquiries, please consult the company's investor relations section on their website. See you next time.